Hello and welcome to Battle Ready with Missy Armstrong. We are going to prepare ourselves for battle by learning about the characters in the Bible, learning about their victories and their defeats. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi and welcome. If this is your first time here, we're so glad to have you listening. And if you're a return listener, we are super happy to have you return and come back and listen as well. Today, we're going to try to finish up Abraham. uh, Unless I get super chatty and then we may have to finish that up next week. But let's get started. Last time. Abraham had gone through several things with Lot getting uh, Lot getting kidnapped and meeting Melchizedek and then of course with his affair with Hagar and him having Ishmael. But today we're going to start in Genesis 17 and at this point Abram is still Abram. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. And I will make a covenant between me and you and will will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of of many nations no longer will you be called Abram but you will be called Abraham for I have made you the father of many nations I will make you very fruitful and make nations of you and kings will come from you and I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be your God. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you for generations to come. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you, the covenant you are to keep. Every male you shall... Every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision, and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and you. For generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household and bought with money from from a foreigner, those who are not your offspring. Whether born in your household or bought with your money, they must be circumcised. My covenant in your flesh will be an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And then God said to Abraham, As for Sari, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sari. Her name is now Sarah. I will bless her. And will surely give a son to her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. The kings of people. 
who will come from her. Abraham fell face down, and he laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born of a man a hundred years old, and will Sarah bear a child at the, child at the age of ninety? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you, and I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers, and he will be the father of twelve rulers, and will make I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. When he had finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. And that very day, Abraham took his son Ishmael and all those born in his household and bought with his money every male in his household and circumcised them as God told him. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised, and his son Ishmael was 13. Abraham and his son Ishmael both were circumcised that very day, and every man in Abraham's household, including those born in the household, and bought from a foreigner was circumcised that day. So God had set forth another covenant, well, pretty much the same covenant with Abram, telling him he was going to make him a, a father of nations. But he also had Abraham, come, uh, you know, step forth in the covenant to complete the covenant to to make it this is what you're going to do to me or you're going to do for me for this covenant and that was circumcision uh, and Abraham followed he right away and you see here Abraham he loved Ishmael Right? I mean, he wanted to bless Ishmael. But God was like, yeah, I'll bless him. I'll, he will be a great nation. But my covenant is with the child that's going to be born by Sarah, Isaac. And Abraham didn't waste time. He didn't hear what God said and say, well, maybe tomorrow or okay let's get everything together and make sure everything's done right and get everybody aligned and let's let's make a, a let's let's make sure that all of this is done and oh let's form a committee to make sure everybody's going to be here on the same day no he was just like god said let's do this let's do it right and so he did so many times we get bogged down with well let's make sure let's let's figure out like what's the best way to do this and then we get so caught up in these things that we end up putting off what God has told us to do because we're trying to make sure that we're doing everything right when God tells you to do it just do it just get up and do what he tells you to do instead of trying to put off or trying to 
make sure that that you're getting everything done right. Abraham didn't put it off. He got up. God told him to do it, and he did it. And you know, cause he he loves God. He follows God, and he wants to be blessed just like everyone else. And so he is doing exactly what God told him to do. And in Genesis 18, it says, And the Lord appeared to Abram nearby the great trees of Marmory. While he was sitting in the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day, Abram looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I found flavor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought. And then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed and then go on your way. Now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said. Three, get three seals of the finest flour and knead it. And bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. Then he bought he brought some curds from and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under the tree. Where is your wife Sarah? they asked. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself and thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, Will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why does Sarah laugh? And say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at an appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, Yes. You did laugh. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time God had promised them. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore. And when his was, and when he was a hundred years old. When the And when when his son was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born. Sarah said, God brought me laughter and everyone hears about this will laugh with me, she said. 
who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne a son in in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned. And one day Isaac was born, was weaned. And the day that Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. When Abraham was 99 years old, God appeared to him and said, <coughs> You have a new and announced himself under a new name. I am God Almighty. In Hebrew, El Shaddai, the nourisher of his people. This announcement is followed by the news that Abraham's name is to be changed from Abram to Abraham. And Sari's name is to be changed also from Sari to Sarah. These new revelations are accompanied by the announcement that every male child must be circumcised. Sarah's response to the news at the age of 90 uh, she, that she has become a mother was laughter. Nevertheless, that's what God promised her 25 years previously and it finally comes to pass and Isaac's born. When God breathed his divine breath into Abram and Sari, he enabled them to have a child. And the letter that he introduced to both their names is the letter H. Right? It doesn't seem very, very big thing. Oh, Abram becomes Abraham and Sari becomes Sarah. And... They're like, oh, so just throw an H in there. But it's kind of funny when I was looking at this. Like, how wonderful things become when God breathes his, his breath on things. When he blesses things, right? And I know my son was like, that is so corny when I told him, but... When you look at a word like impossible, things are impossible, right? But when God breathes his, his breath on a project or a person or a thing, it becomes him possible when you add an H, like he added an H, <laughs> right? So everything is possible in him when he breathes his breath on things. And I thought that was really awesome. Of course, I've got some rolled eyes from my son, Jack, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, but when God puts, when he puts himself into your calling or your gift or even just your project at the time, it makes things so much more possible than when you're trying to do it on your own or you're trying to work outside of what God's will for your life is. And so that is what I got from that portion of of this of Genesis is when God puts his hand on you, breathes his life on you, anything is possible. So Let's move on to Genesis 18, 
and we'll start at verse 16. When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abram walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, Shall I ride from Abraham? What am, what am I about to do? And Abraham was sure, was surely become a great and powerful nation, and all the nation of the earth will be blessed through him, for I have chosen him so that he will direct his people and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin is so grievous that I will go down and see it, see if they have done if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me, if not, I will know. The men turned away and went down towards Sodom, but Abram remained standing before the Lord. And Abram announced to him, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there is fifty righteous people in the city? Will you sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the fifty righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, If I find fifty righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again. Now that I have been so bold to speak to the Lord, Though I am nothing but dust and ashes. What if the number of righteous is five less than fifty? Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five people? If I find forty-five there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again he spoke up and he says, What if there are only forty found there? And he said, For the sake of forty, I will not do it. And then he said, May the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only thirty can be found there? And he answered, I will not do it for thirty. Abraham said, Now that I have been so bold to speak to the Lord, what if only twenty can be found there? And he said, For the sake of twenty I will not destroy it. And then he said, May the Lord not be angry, but let me speak once more. What if only ten men are found there? And he said, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And when the Lord had finished speaking to Abram, he left, and Abram returned, Abraham returned home. The two angels arrived in Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house so you can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered, we will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did not go, that they did go with him and entered into his house. He prepared a meal 
for them baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house, and they called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. And Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind them and said, No, my friends, do not do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters that have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do what you like with them. But don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied. This fellow came here as a foreigner, and now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot, and he moved forward and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness so that they could not find the door. The two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here, because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against the, its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, Hurry and get out of this place, because the, because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. With the coming dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city. For the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Do not look back and do not stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, No, my lords, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes, and you have shown great kindness to me by sparing my life. But I can't flee into the mountains. It is a disaster will overtake me, and I will die. Look, here is the town near enough to run, and it's small. Let us flee to it. It is very small. Then my life will be spared. And he said, Very well. I will grant your request to you. I will not overthrow the town you speak of but flee there quickly because I cannot do anything until you reach it and that town was called Zor by the time they reached the Zor, reached Zor the sun had risen over the land and then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all the living in the cities and also all the vegetation of the land. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place. He stood before the Lord, and he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah. 
towards the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke coming from the land, like a smoke from a furnace. So then God destroyed the cities of the plain, and he remembered Abraham and brought Lot out of the cat catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. Lot and his daughters left Zor and settled in the mountains, for he was afraid to stay in Zor. He and his daughters lived in the cave. And one day, one day the older daughter said to the younger daughter, Our father is old and there is no one around to give us children, as is the custom all over the earth. Let us get our father drunk on wine and sleep with him to preserve our family through our father. And that night she got their father drunk and the older daughter went and slept with him and he was not aware of it when she lay down and when she got up. And the next day the older daughter said to the younger last night I slept with my father. Let, let's get him drunk again tonight so you can go sleep with him and you can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father drunk. They got their father to drink wine that night also, and the younger daughter went in and slept with him, and again he was not aware when she lay down and when she got up. Both Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father, and the older daughter had a son, and his name was Moab, and he would be the father of the Moabites today. And the younger daughter also had a son, and his name was Ben-Ami, and he was the father of the Amorites today. And if you pay attention, we keep studying the Moabites and the Amorites uh, fight with the Israelites so much throughout the Old Testament. They're frequently in battles with the Moabites and the Amorites. And once, once before Abraham had saved Lot, by rescuing him by uh, by rescuing him with his own hands from the king of Chedalarmer or uh, on that occasion before we had talked about he went personally and uh, brought him back out of the dip, out of his you know capture and this time this time instead of physically going he prays him out he talks to God and during his intercessory prayer for Lot this prayer contains a lot of the or all pretty much the ingredients that are common throughout the intercessory prayers that you see all through uh, the Old Testament and New Testament and an intercessory prayer is when you pray for others or for the salvation of others for the healing of others for the forgiveness of others and um, first of all the first thing we see when he is talking to God about saving Sodom and Gomorrah in verse 23 you see his boldness and then in verse 24, you see his pleading. And in verse 25, 
you see the argument. And in verse 27, you see his humility. And in 32, you see his perseverance. All of those things, boldness, pleading, argument, humility, and perseverance. This is what makes a powerful intercessory prayer. As a result of Abraham's powerful intercession, God sent the angels down to Sodom to see if there was anyone who was righteous to rescue Lot and his family. Uh, unfortunately, Lot's wife disobeyed him and looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. But Lot and his daughters were saved. How effective are your intercessory prayers? Like, when you pray for others, do your, do your prayers contain the characteristics that show up time and time again in these prayers in the Bible? If you want to look up another prayer, uh, you can look up the prayer of Isaiah in Isaiah 63 and see if you can point out or spot the five things that an intercessory prayer should contain. The boldness, the pleading, the argument, the humility, and the perseverance. And just kind of compare the two. And then the next time you are making an intercessory prayer on another's behalf, sit down and think about, okay, I need to be bold. I need to plead. I need to have a convincing argument. I need to be, I need to have humility. And I need to have perseverance. Before you go into that prayer, get your mindset ready to make an appropriate intercessory prayer. In Ephesians 6.18, it says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the saints. If you can bear with me just a little bit longer, we are almost finished with our study on Abraham. So we will jump on into Genesis 22 and start at verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham and he said, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Morah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, and took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And they had cut enough wood for the burnt offering. He sent out to the place where God had told him about About. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance, and he said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey, <coughs> while I and my son go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood from the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went together, Isaac spoke up and said to Abraham, Father, yes, my son, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? 
And Abraham answered, God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went together. When they reached the place that God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took a knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from him your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there was a there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns and he went out over and took the ram and sacrificed sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand in the seashore for your dependents will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me and Abraham returned to his servants and they set off to th- together for Be- Beersheba and Abraham stayed in Beersheba and this is a famous of course when you think about Abraham this is one of the most famous sections of his story and the one that's taught to the children the most um, is the story of Abraham's willingness to reluctantly but still to do it sacrifice Isaac because God had told him to. This is a giant test of faith. Abraham knew that God had promised to make him a leader of nations, the father of nations, and then to kill his son that God has said that he is going to to bless him through it 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 had to be hard but at this point God had proven himself to Abraham time and time again and he knew that God was going to make it right Isaac was a young man when this happened it wasn't like he was a little bitty kid he was a young man he was able to carry wood and everything And when God commands Abraham to go up and do the sacrifice, he immediately, immediately is obedient and devoted. And he makes the necessary preparations. He goes to the place of the sacrifice. He even put Isaac on the altar and raises his hand to slay his son when God said, No, that's good. Because you've done this, you've proved your willingness. And then he provides an animal as a substitute for his son's sacrifice. This animal, that, this ram that appears without a doubt, is the salvation 
of Isaac, <laughs> right? And just as God, as Jesus is a sacrifice in our place for our sins, this ram that God has provided is a sacrifice in place of Isaac. And so this test of faith is probably the most significant test of faith throughout Abraham's entire life and one of the most significant tests of faith in the Bible I would say just having to come to the point of considering sacrificing your own child and he did it because he trusted and had faith in God have you ever thought about have you ever considered that the theme of the Old Testament might be summed up in Isaac's question on Mount Moriah? The fire and the water here, but where is the lamb? In Genesis 22:7, And that question is wonderfully answered in the New Testament. Look, the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Which famously is said by John the Baptist when he first sees Jesus. But think about it for a second. In the Old Testament. They are building the altar. They're bringing the fire. They're bringing the fire wood. But where is the lamb? But the lamb shows up. And John the Baptist spots him. And says behold the lamb. The one to take away the sins of the world. How awesome is that? Uh, that just. It just makes my heart smile. <laughs> uh, things that we can learn. From Abraham. Abraham's life defines the differences between. A true pilgrim. From just a pedestrian. Everything about Abraham says that this man of God delighted to be a sojourner or here for a day. Alienated, disengaged, and a stranger on earth. He lived in a world in the world, but his heart was set on another country. His treasure was in another currency and another citizenship in another realm. Like Abraham, we live in the world. But our direction, our lives, the way that we must move forward, we are not part of this world. We are a sojourner just like Abraham here for a day. Sometimes alienated, disengaged, and a stranger in our own place but this world is not our home you know just like the song says this world is not our home we're only passing through we need to consider ourselves a a pilgrim instead of just a pedestrian a pedestrian just allows things to happen around them and just kind of exist and isn't really a part of anything you know but a sojourner, a, a pilgrim, is passing through a place with a destination, with a, 
a mission. A true pilgrim realizes that he has struck a camp and he's going places with God, adventuring, searching beyond the distant horizons of uh, faith, detachment, hope. These are all qualities which are all evidenced in Abraham's life and which God also seeks to cultivate in all of his followers. So start looking at your life and taking taking your cues from Abraham. Take joy in the journey. Um, be delighted to be a pilgrim with a, that you're you don't belong here but you know where you do belong and you're headed there be a sojourner here for a day you know and just keep in your mind God has promises and he will fulfill his promises in his own time and sometimes it may not be what we want or when we want it but it will bless you because God wants to bless you and remember to keep the faith always keep the faith remember to pray for others and to think about other people's safety remember to honor others just Remember everything you've learned from Abraham and try to put it in your own life. Try to bring it around for yourself. And that is the end of Abraham. And so next week we will be starting Isaac. I hope you have enjoyed this and be good to yourself and be good to others. And remember the, to smile. Because God loves you and so do I.